Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. And ball hit deep, way back, deep to left field. Holy cow, Charles Huffman has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ball. We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. We're hearing their interest in Harper and Machado. Either of those guys end up in Chicago. But the White Sox are trying to change the conversation, change the perception in the industry. There's no bigger way than to chase names like that. I'm convinced that one of those guys is going to sign for the biggest pile of money. If you lay the biggest pile of money on the table, I think you might win the hand, right? And the, the White Sox feel like they're prepared to do that. That's newly elected Hall of Fame writer, Jason Stark, talking about the White Sox pursuit of Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. The White Sox, like you said, looking to change the conversation, making a big bet which would be by far the biggest in franchise history. Hey everyone, it's the White Sox Talk podcast from the winter meetings in Las Vegas, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox. Check in with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash socks. All right, it's Chuck Arvine with Ryan McGuffey, Vinny Duber. We got a lot to talk to, talk about, excuse me, on this podcast. The Sox were busy. They acquired Ivan Nova. They are in a market for a catcher, maybe Yasmani Grandal. We're going to hear from Rick Hahn on that. Also, you're going to hear my interview with Rick Renteria, who talks about Manny Machado, Eloy, and Mancata. And then Adam Jones, he's a free agent. I asked him about Machado and his fit, potentially, with the White Sox. But first, guys, let's unpack this second day of the winter meetings. Vinny, your thoughts on the Nova trade, getting the starter for the rotation next season. Yeah, this was one of the stated goals of Rick Hahn in his front office this winter, uh, and they went out and did it. They they plugged one of those two holes in the starting rotation. They did it with a veteran guy who's known as a good clubhouse guy, a mentor to younger players. It really sounds kind of like James Shields 2.0, doesn't it? Uh, you know, Ivan Nova's going to come over from Pittsburgh and, and hopefully eat up some innings, hopefully not walk a lot of guys, which he hasn't done very much of in his career. So, it's a good get for the White Sox, who are, look to be going that kind of one-year fill-in route, at least in this case, while they wait for Michael Kopech to recover from Tommy John, while they wait for Dylan Cease to make it to the majors. Uh, it looks like a good uh, kind of stopgap measure here. I know Rick Hahn doesn't like that word, stopgap fix, but that's kind of what this is while they wait for those two young guys. I like the surprises. You know, we've been focusing on free agents, but you don't know who the trade targets are going to be. And all of a sudden, this morning, you and I were talking, boy, it's Tuesday, let's let's, let's see something that's going to happen with the White Sox. Boom! Uh, like 20 minutes later, Ivan Nova comes to the Sox. We were at breakfast and we're like, let's just get a trade or something. And then literally, it happens. It's a no-brainer. This trade, I love this trade. They take on only $9.1 million, and I say only. I know it sounds insane to people, but it's not, I mean, it, it's all relative. At this point, they have a ton of money to spend. He seems like to be a perfect type of fit. 
is a perfect way to kind of kick off what ended up being a busy day. I know there's not a lot of transactions that were ever completed, but the talk is the stove's getting warmer. And and based on and one thing off the Jason Stark convers, or conversation you yeah, had with yeah. him, the Hall of Famer, uh, I think the conversation has already shifted personally because even if the White Sox don't land one of these two guys, the conversation about the how involved they are is a very hot topic here at the Winter Radiance. Yeah, back to Nova really quick. Clint Hurdles called him, Pirates manager, called Nova the dean of their rotation. He started on opening day for them in 2018. We'll see what happens with him in 2019. Uh, so you talked about Machado and Harper. And now there's uh, some rumors out there that the White Sox might be going after a Yasmani Grandal type. How would that fit into their catcher situation next year and going forward. Yeah, it's a really uh, kind of rapidly evolving catcher situation, right? When the offseason started, it seemed like they had too many guys. Then Kevin Smith goes to the Angels on a waiver claim. Omar Narvaez goes to the Mariners in that trade. Uh, And all of a sudden, Wellington Castillo is the only guy with big league experience on the roster. Well, Wellington Castillo probably only going to be around one more year. Yasmani Grandal is 30 years old. He led all catchers in home runs last year, second among qualified catchers in defensive run saves. He's an all-around kind of guy. Except for in the playoffs. Well, except for in the playoffs. Yeah, but but we, we get hung up on the Manny Machado in the playoffs. In the playoffs, obviously the spotlight's a little brighter and the stage is a little bigger, and so every mistake is going to be amplified. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it. 32 playoff games for Grandal. He's batting 107. Uh, but he did have 72 walks in 2018. Listen, if this team can just get to the playoffs, I'll be fine with Yasmani Grandal going – 107 from the plate. It's it's a good fit. It's a, it's a perhaps a surprising <laughs> mention, but I mean he would be a long-term guy at that position. Obviously, if that were to happen, you'd be like, "Oh, well, what about Zach Collins? What about Sebi Zavala?" That's probably a we'll cross that bridge when we come to it kind of situation, but uh Grandal an obvious upgrade he would be at catcher. Yeah, and I think you got to look more don't look at the postseason as much, Chuck, as you look at the staff he's caught in, in Los Angeles. You know, Clayton Kershaw. I know Clayton Kershaw has had personal catchers, but down the line, that rotation in, in Los Angeles during Yasmani Grandal's tenure has been a playoff rotation for a long time. Very well respected. I like the move personally. I think it kind of sets up for there's a there's a very hot market for catchers right now and Real Muto is kind of like the real big domino that needs to fall. But if the Sox were to get a Grandal, I think Castillo kind of goes back up on that available market. So it's not a lock that if they land Grandal that Castillo's back. Well, here's Rick Hahn talking about the catcher situation. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're, we're looking to sign Yasmana Grandal. But if you read between the lines, they are open to basically anything, and it's a, a wide net, you could say. And here's what Hahn had to say with reporters on Tuesday. Obviously, we got Welly coming back, and he's certainly fully capable of being the quote-unquote everyday catcher, you know, whether in that this day and age that means 100 games or 110 games or whatever. He's, he's capable of doing that. At the same time, let's see what else we potentially wind up bringing in. And uh, that would certainly, if we, we find a way to make ourselves better and the, the new catcher takes up a little bit more of the playing time over the course of the season, that's fine. The, Ricky's going to put the best guy out there in any given situation. The, the, the contracts aren't going to factor into that. Long term, we're still very optimistic on how Zach Collins and or Sebi Zavala will fit in for us. Uh, they're, they're not ready yet. They're going to need some more time. And uh, we want to make sure that, as with all the other of our, our prospects that we feel good about, that they're not rushed. Uh, that would all seem to indicate that we're going to have to add something from the outside. 
All right, moving on to Rick Renteria, who spoke with the media today, and I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one, -on -one, but one thing that struck me was he's not dancing around the Machado-Harper stuff. He's going right in, basically admitting, yeah, we are right now in the position to make a big, big move if it all comes together. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when we talk to Rick Hahn every day, he's obviously being very, uh, you know, judicious with all of his comments, and he's gonna, he's not gonna kind of tip his hand in any situation. Rick Renneria sounds like uh, he's been told that the, the White Sox are being aggressive out there. He, uh, but we, by the way, if there's anyone who would be benefiting the most, it would be the manager. Of course, so he's like, he's all in on this. Of course, of course, <laughs> and and at, and at this point, it really is no secret, right? I yeah. mean, everybody's reporting this all week and and before then. But yeah, I mean, Rick Renneria was talking to the the group of us there, and he said. Uh, we were. I asked him about Eloy Jimenez. Can this guy be a, as big of an impact player as some of the available free agents out there? And he goes, oh, yeah, these, uh, he could be as good as some of the guys we're trying to acquire. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. So that's that's not, good. And that's not Ivan Nova. No, no. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's very good news for Eloy Jimenez, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear from Ricky. Uh, and, and, obviously, the stuff he was saying about Manny Machado, uh, you know, when you – we, we try to craft these questions in a very specific manner to kind of uh, dance around the specifics. But he was he kind of knew what we were talking about. And then when he was talking to you. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to hear this interview. So you guys were dancing around the Manny Machado we thing. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to dance around it. I'm just going to go right into it and bring up Johnny Hustle, Manny Machado. Ricky, what do you have to say? So here's my interview with Renteria. And by the way, Eloy Jimenez homered again in the Dominican Winter League. And he's going to talk about that. And Mancata going to third, as well as the Machado-Johnny Hustle thing. Here is my interview with Rick Renteria. Let me know your emotions. How excited are you about the potential opportunities for this franchise going forward? Uh, we're, we're really excited. I think uh, we're starting to turn the corner in terms of obviously having our young players in the minor leagues having another year under their belt down there, developing. Uh, also, <clears throat> obviously, the organization with the possibility of talking to guys uh, that we might be able to acquire and, and continue to solidify the, the club as a whole. Um, but we're very happy with the, with the guys that we have and, and a lot of the skills that they bring to the table. And, and again, it's one year closer to where I believe they're ultimately going to get to as players. Can we imagine you're in a room with a big-time free agent, okay? What would you say to that free agent to sell him on this franchise going forward? It's really easy. It's simple. It's the depth and the talent that we have at this particular time, not only uh, uh, with, with the arms that we have at the major league level right now, uh, the starting pitching and some of the relief core that we have uh, that hopefully will continue to develop and improve, uh, but the talent that we have coming up from within the system with uh, Eloy and, and you know Louis Robert and Madrigal, and we, we just have a, a, a number of players. You know, Michael Adolfo. Uh, I, I just you know, there's there are a lot of guys here that are going to be hopefully a, a part and a piece of what we do as we move forward. You have talent, and you're going to get more talent. You want to start winning. Is it important for you to start bringing in guys who know what it takes to win? Well, we've talked about that. You know, those guys that have been a part of that have an edge. They understand uh, between the lines uh, how to slow the, the emotion down, uh, you know, the moment doesn't overwhelm them. Uh, those are things that I think our players are learning in their development as well. But when you bring a guy in <clears throat> that has lived uh, that type of experience, just watching how they go about doing their business sometimes, it may not even be a conversation that they have. It's just watching how they go about an approach 
and doing what they do that makes a difference in how you, as a player, as an, as an observer, make an adjustment in your own game. I know you can't talk specifically about players you might be interested in, but I'm going to bring up Manny Machado in this way. Okay. Because there was the, the, the comment that he made about yeah. Johnny Hustle. I see Adam Jones, his former teammate, yeah. here in the hallway today, and uh, he said that if he could, Machado would take that comment back. He says he plays the game hard and he plays the game the right way. Say the White Sox were able to sign a guy like Machado, or if it was him, I mean, what... That goes against, the Johnny Hustle thing goes against you and to your core. When you were in a situation like that, what do you say to a player who might have had a history, whether it's right or wrong? No, I, I think that that's a, a fair question, but I think it has more to do with how you can present the attitude and the thinking behind how we approach the game. Uh, that would be uh, one of the biggest jobs that I would have. It's convincing a player to look at it from a different perspective, a different prism. And I think that all players want to do well. All players want to perform. And I think all players want to be uh, appreciated and, and liked where they play. Uh, we're a blue-collar city. People want to get out and, you know, they work very hard. Uh, you know, they want their players to give them the same effort between the lines. I think it's just a matter of continuing to have conversations, not only with, if it were Machado, with any of the players that we have, because we have those uh, as a kind of an edict that we have, that we're going to play the game a certain way. And, and you guys have heard me say, sometimes these guys are, you know, they're hurting, they're, they're, they're sore. I know they want to stay in, we need to keep them in the lineup. I might tell them to give me 50 of the 100, you know, give me 100 of the 50 that they have. Uh, so you have to be able to balance all those things out. But certainly, you know, the, the organization has been doing something now for a couple of years in terms of how we want to approach the game. And I would do the same thing with any player that we have. When they come in, they know I'm, not, I'm going to be a no-nonsense guy about things like that. It's not about embarrassing players. It's not about anything other than just making sure that we give it uh, the effort that it, that it deserves. And uh, sometimes there are players that you think they're, they're not giving you an effort, and they are. Uh, so everybody's different, and I think you have to understand each person. Eloy Jimenez has been playing in the Dominican League. Have you had a chance to see him? Did you go down there at all? I'm going to be down there uh, in, a, in a, next month. Okay. So, uh, no, just watching the video, and as a matter of fact, I was doing another interview, and they just you know, informed me that he hit another home run about uh, 15 minutes ago. So he's doing very, very well, and uh, I'm hoping that you know, those, those home runs and hits and the things that he's doing are going to be part of what we're able to have here uh, in the organization in the near future. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of decisions that we have to make and, and we have to continue the process. Uh, try not to jump the gun, but, you know, that young man, once he gets here, hopefully will be uh, everything that we expect him to be. Could Yohan Mankata be a big, I don't want to say a surprise, because everyone's been watching him, but after the year that he had and the initiative he's taken this yeah. offseason, could you see him really taking that next step in 2019? It's, it's very possible that that could happen. I think that the first step is a recognition that you have to improve. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and think it's going to you know, get better. I think that he, he took a step forward by uh, coming into Arizona, worked with Trick. We sat down, we talked. Trick, you got to give Trick all the credit because he's been working with this kid. And, and the conversation is quite in-depth. Uh, when he first came down and we talked from about many different things uh, besides hitting and fielding, all the different aspects of, of playing the game and the alertness that it's required to be uh, on a major league field. So I think he's maturing. He's a young, he's a young kid. Uh, I think he's got still everything ahead of him. I, I hope 
my, my hope and my expectation is that this year will be a much better year for him than last. Okay. And then maybe third base in his future? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about, <clears throat> I talked to him about it uh, during the course of uh, the season last year. Um, Joe was moving him around the infield, and he had a lot of fun, moving him to short, third, you know, took some ground balls at second. Uh, he's willing to do anything we want him to do. And uh, he's a very athletic young man. I think he will uh, adapt to whatever it is that he has to adapt to. Uh, he's got that type of talent, uh, but it requires a commitment, true commitment in anything they do. Ricky, thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Welcome. All right, so Yoan Mankata and third base, that'll be a developing story to be watching this offseason and into spring training for sure. Now, Adam Jones. I've been talking about Adam Jones for, oh, <laughs> five months. Yeah, he's like your white elephant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. cross listen, him off. Listen, we had the, the prediction podcast. It's not just me. No, I know. I prediction predict, podcast. Yep. You, me, and Chris Kampka, and yep. we said, where do, you think, where do you think Adam Jones is going to go? All three of us said the White Sox. So, lo and behold, <laughs> who's in the hallway here at Mandalay Bay? Adam Jones, and thanks to Guff for spotting him. I came out of the bathroom. We stopped, <laughs> and I was like, hey, Chuck, let me dip in here real quick. And I came out, and – Chuck is just kind of like pacing, and I, and I see this guy behind him, and I'm like, let me grab a drink of water from this water cooler to confirm what I think I know. Grab the water, I go, hey, Chuck, there's Adam Jones. And boom. It was like we've been talking about him for so long, and even here, I feel like we've talked about him in the podcast and certainly outside the podcast, and it was just like so easy. Yeah. It just kind of – There he was. There he was. And I, I be, in the flesh. And when I introduced myself to him, I said, hi, I'm Chuck Gardfriend. I cover the White Sox for NBC Sports Chicago, and I want you to sign with the White Sox. <laughs> I just and said he said, that I'd be him. good there. Yeah, This yeah. is not – this yeah. is before you – Did the interview. Did the interview. He said, I'd be good there. Yeah. So, I like it. All right. He, he must be a frequent listener to the White Sox Talk podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, he certainly is. He, he he also did his free agent predictions podcast on the side and picked the White Sox. So he's just lining up with us. Yeah. So we talked about his uh, possible fit with the White Sox. Manny Machado, his former teammate, and um, in a way, he's kind of selling himself to me in a way because and to anybody because he's here looking for a job and sounds like the offers aren't really there just yet. So coming up after a quick break, my conversation with Adam Jones. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Sox. Members FDIC. All right, Adam, you're a free agent. You're an outfielder. You're a veteran. I know a team on the south side of Chicago who might be a good fit for you. What do you think? There's good food in Chicago. Really, really good food in Chicago. Good steaks, good fish, good sea bass in a lot of locations. Um, I'm just here just... just uh, See what's going on. I have a board meeting with Bat today, and um, so just testing the temperatures. Uh, meet with my representation later, and you know I'm just here, just uh, first off for the board meeting. But at the same time, you know if anybody wants to uh, see me in my physical state, then uh, I'm available for that also. Yeah. What are you sensing is the market right now for someone like yourself? I got no idea. Free agency is new to me after 12 years, of, 11 years in one place, but 12 years overall. I mean, I, this is all brand new to me, so I'm taking it all in stride and just excited to see what the future holds. What teams have you spoken to or your representatives spoken to? None that I know of. So just waiting for, waiting for a call. Okay. What, uh, where are you at right now on the field, off the field? What can you bring to a team? Well, on the field, I'm going to bring a person that's going to first off stay healthy. You know, I've been a very uh, consistent person in the health department over my career. Um, I still 
believe that I'm very capable of playing. Um, I think I had a little, little bit of down year last year in terms of power, but uh, we didn't, as an overall, we didn't have that very good of a year. But um, I think that overall my year was good. You know, I still hit 280. But, uh, and I think in the community, you know, it, you can just look up what I've done in the city of Baltimore, what I've been able to, to, uh, to inflict some change. Uh, my family's been very instrumental in every uh, endeavor off the field. So you get a, you get a, a full package of me, you know, someone who's going to be on the field, who's going to go out there. You see that I play the game hard and always have and always will. And then off the field, you get somebody that, uh, that really cares about the, the next generation in the city. The White Sox have a young team. Yeah. Do you like being that mentor type of player, that veteran who can help, you know, lead them on the field and off of it? Well, at this point, I mean, I'm older, so I'm going, I'm, I'm have to be that veteran presence. Uh, but it's been a great transition in that years. I mean, I've had Manny and Scope under my wings uh, the last six years, so it's been great to see the transition and see how you know players look up to the older players. And when I came in the game, I had some very good people to look up to, and I just want to be that same influence that uh, the younger generation can look up to. Where do you think Manny? might sign whoever's cutting the check for him yeah he's, he's got i'm sure he has a lot of uh, a lot of destinations a lot of options and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he signs him and harper there was that quote the johnny hustle quote you played with him yeah how accurate was that was that taken out of context what do you the kind of player what kind of player is manny when it comes to playing the game hard in the right way he plays the game hard in the right way i think he could if he wanted to if he could he'd probably take that comment back it was uh, highly emotional, you know, in the playoffs and all that stuff. Obviously, everything's magnituded, especially going from Baltimore to L.A. You know, every, every you sneeze and it's news out in L.A. opposed to in Baltimore. But uh, overall, the man can play the game. He plays the game hard. He plays it right. Um, his numbers speak for themselves, and I think that he can be an immediate impact on any single lineup immediately because, first off, he's, you know, he's going to hit you 30 and 100. And then defensively, depending on where he's playing, short or second, he immediately improves your defense that much more because as overall baseball player, the guy is, is he is as good as they come right now. And you saw Yolmer Sanchez recently, right? Yeah, seen him down in uh, in Dominican, and I told him that I love how he dumps the water on himself. Cause it's hilarious. <laughs> he dumped water on me. Can you believe that? Yeah, I would dump it on you. I would dump it on you too. But I, I try to pie our media. I tried to pie our people instead of dumping water on them. Well, if you sign with the White Sox and you drive in a winning run. You can dump water on me. All right. I'll probably remember that. <laughs> okay. All right, so guys, sometimes I'm just an idiot. I was an idiot. Like, am I literally... I don't think you're an idiot. Why would I say to Adam Jones you can douse water over because me? Because he said that he's been hanging out with... Yol- he's talked to Yomer Sanchez recently. I know, but why would and I... That he, and that he loves the fact that he pours, you know, the, uh, the Gatorade or water over himself. And as a matter of fact, John Morosi was also a part... He kind of interrupted the conversation before we did the interview, and he, he talked about his profile picture being the picture when he got doused at the World Baseball Classic. So there was... I know, but I should have just said, yeah, I agree with you. End of story. Not no, being like, hey, Adam no, Jones, no, no. if you sign with the White Sox, you can pour Gatorade on me. Because you don't Chuck- think that's going to sweeten the deal for Adam Jones? <laughs> we, asked, we, we did a Facebook Live earlier today, a Hot Stove Facebook Live, and a question from a viewer was, how would you celebrate tonight if Bryce Harper were to sign with the White Sox? And I kind of envisioned if Adam Jones were to sign with the White Sox tonight, you would celebrate by kind of doing a Yolmer. Yeah. By pouring a big bucket of water over your head. I really do. That's, that's kind of where it came from. Okay. So you want me to take the bait? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. If Adam Jones signs with the White Sox, I think I will pour, I, I will pour a Gatorade over you. Over, or, over. Or, or, and you too. 
Sure. Okay. That's what it takes. All right. If it happens tonight, with I think the chances, but it has to happen tonight. It has to happen yeah. tonight. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're really good. And uh, this is going to be a wrap for the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, home of White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their webpage, www.wintrust.com slash socks. Our thanks to Jason Tark, Rick Renteria, Adam Jones, Ryan McGuff, Vinny Duber, Scotty Shagna. I'm Chuck Arfine. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. This White Sox podcast is loaded. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over.